What's up, guys? Adam Westfall, Club 60 here. Um, today's episode is not going to be on any book in particular, um, but I have my friend Trevor, also known as the Cannablind Guy, on Instagram. Are you on any other social media? No, that is it. Just Instagram. Okay. Um, and, you know, I met Trevor randomly. I had some likes on one of my old podcasts, and it was from him, and I clicked on his profile Wanted to know more about his story. We ended up having a phone call. We talked for a few hours, um, and I was really moved by his um, his optimism and his positivity in kind of his story and how he's taken you know something that happened to him that was very tragic um, and has turned it into a positive and kind of has shaped the way he is now. Um, so, Trevor, if you want to introduce yourself and then kind of you know tell us tell us your background story and then kind of how you got to where you're at. Okay. Okay. So, um, my name's Trevor and I, uh, go by off the social media platform, Instagram. I go off of can of blind guy. And I, uh, so that name it comes from because I do have, uh, a huge section of my vision is gone due to retina detachment in both my eyes. Um, which happened during walking pneumonia. And, uh, that happened. It's approaching almost three years now. Um, so it is still new. I am, God, I'm old man. Uh, I'm 42, (laughs) but it's young, but I feel old. Um, but so it it is a new thing for me. Um, it has taken adjustment. Um, I, you know, you mentioned it's definitely changed my life and, I get a lot of people just as yourself asking me how it is. How do I handle it? Um, I, I came from a very visual world, not that no one else does. Cause that sounds really weird, uh, to say something like that, but I was into photography. I, yeah, I did that professionally and I did a lot of graphic design professionally and I worked in the automotive field, uh, forever professionally. So a lot of it, um, took an adjustment for me. Um, support was huge. Um, even just random people just reaching out helped me out just that just saying hello it helped me out um so crazy but it it sounds crazy right but it isn't right so let me ask you this for for the listeners um so how how did you become blind like what so when i what events led up to that when i was really sick with walking pneumonia i was uh when i went in they're like the doctor literally said you're he's like, you're on your deathbed. You were very sick. We're shocked that you even walked into the hospital. And during all that, I was basically drowning myself. And if you've never had any type of lung illness, you're always fighting for oxygen through your lungs. And sometimes uh, violent coughing spells come. And that's what happened. There was a violent coughing spell, real bad one. Um, I was just coughing and coughing. And, you know, I was thinking I'm going to spit something up. So I'm leaning over the sink a little bit. Um, just as a normal cough, right? And uh, we're not normal, but when you're sick. And I opened my eyes after I was done, and it was just a, a stocking sheet of blackness with light, little pockets, little dot lights shining through. Um, so it went from vision to that within like seconds. Um, and so I, off the off the bat, I thought, oh, it's my fever. I'm still not doing good. 
And so I asked my girlfriend at the time, I was like, who's a doctor, I was like, I think I need to go back to the hospital because I'm seeing my vision's all messed up. I can't even see anything. I think it's my fever. And she's like, your fever's not going to do that. And so she got freaked out and she knew how severe it was. We got a hold of my eye doctor. Um, and that's when he's like, we got to get you in here. And then I got in the office and that's when, he, you know, you go inside, take pictures of your eyes and all that. And that's when he told me what was going on. Right. And then, so then you found out your retinas are detached. Um, you said you started, you had a few surgeries, but you couldn't have surgery until. Until the pneumonia was complete out right. of my system. Cause you're not supposed to get operated on at all mm -hmm. when you're, you're sick. Right. So I had to, uh, there's a lot of like trying to black out stage, not trying to black out, but really trying not to think about too much because you're so stressed. But, right. you know, you can't be stressed because it has to do with healing. Right. And uh, the more the body goes under stress, the less proper healing going on. So right. I really tried to be as positive as I could um, through that, even the waiting period of just getting better for pneumonia. Right. I was just trying to stay positive. Um so it was, it was always looking for a positive thing, even though the moment at the time is not positive, you just don't know what's going to be handed to you. Right. Right. Right, man. It's like, you know, like the vision might be gone, but like, hell, like tomorrow I might pick up a lotto ticket for some odd reason and have a winning lotto. Like you just don't know what, the next day might hold and you it's you just gotta look forward to that and that's what always helped me get out of that hole um and there's different there's different ways some days i have to use a different tool a different good trigger mm -hmm. um to make things way positive um it's not always the same trigger and everyone has different triggers themselves um but it's definitely that support group out there helps um be, just be able to have family and friends uh, to vent to and that mm -hmm. get it. Yeah. Um, they get it without even you having to say it, you know? Right. And I think that's huge. That's no one likes to go through anything in life. That's mm -hmm. horrible. And to have to ask for help. Right. That's like making even, even worse. Right. 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 So um, having that support with me, um, it's just amazing. I, that has been a life keeper for me. Yeah. Um, so I will definitely take that with me. And it sounds like, um, you know, you're originally from, you're originally from the Portland area, right? I actually, uh, grew up in San Diego. Grew up in San Diego. You spent quite a bit of time here in Correct, Portland. Correct, I did. Ran, I did. ran some businesses. Correct. Um, and a lot of your support system have been a lot of your friends up here oh, yes. in, in the Portland area. And that's why you keep coming back up Correct. Um, to, you know, link up with your friends. Um, obviously, you know, we're in the, we're in a funny time where marijuana is now legal. Um, and we're kind of one of the first States to really be more involved with it. Yeah. Uh, even before California. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's been legal for a while medically. Uh, do you have your medical card? I uh, did in the very beginning, but okay. now I don't okay. because it went, yeah. Okay. Um, but nonetheless, um, 
I mean, obviously now it's, it's blown up to what it is. Um, and it's allowed you to find something, um, to kind of, I mean, explain more about what you do. Um, so since yeah, I had to reinvent myself, I didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Um, disability sucks. It takes forever. I'm still battling with that. Um, so I needed to figure something out. And my friends in Portland, I really consider my brothers. Uh, we go back uh, to high school days. So um, they brought me up here to help me to reinvent myself. It's not like they're doing it for me. It's obviously I have to do it. But there were stimulants for me. And uh, basically, they're a wall and I had a ball and I had to bounce ideas. And they're that wall to help me bounce mm -hmm. ideas, right? Yeah. And so one thing one of my friends said, he's like, what do you really like? That we we're like joking around one day outside uh, around the table. And I was just like, yeah, I laughed. I was like, I'm great at smoking weed. I love marijuana. <laughs> and like that, right? Everyone chuckles, right? Because right. I think everyone right. can relate to that statement. Right. And um, but I was like, oh, there's no money. That what am I going to do? I'm not going to become a dispensary. And one of the friends was like, oh no, that's a great idea. Like you got to roll with that. No matter what you do, just keep rolling with that because that's a good idea. So I was like, huh. So then the name came, Can a Blind Guy. Um, yeah, how'd that come about? That was. So I started Canna Blind, um, which Canna Cannabis, and right. then Blind because I'm blind, right? Um, and that got deleted right away off of Instagram. Really? Um, it lasted one week. And what was the name? Uh, Canna Blind. Canna Blind. Uh -huh, okay. One word. And I had like 800 followers in one week. Really? It was gnarly. So my friend, one of my friends is helping me because he's a very good marketing uh, yeah. social media guy. Mm -hmm. And so he's helping me out a lot. And he told me a couple of little secrets. He's like, try it. Let's see what happens. Yeah. And he's just like, and then I did that. I was like, wow, it was successful. So then I kept on doing it more without uh -huh. telling him. And I guess I wasn't supposed to do that. Right. And then the wrong guy saw it. So then I got deleted. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know. And I mean, this business is so new that it's not a federally legal thing. So know with people who've been in the marijuana industry like if you want to post things like stuff like gets deleted all oh, the time all the time uh, they don't make it easy for people people in this uh, industry to like, market themselves promote themselves it's, it's it's very tricky it's very tricky it is and so then i read the rules and i got more involved behind the scenes of how everything worked yeah um instead of just jumping in the deep end i actually walked through the shallow mm -hmm. and then i was like oh i did everything wrong and um, then I was like, well, can a blind guy actually sounds better than can a blind. So because it, now it's making it an individual. So that's when I went with can a blind guy. And then all my friends were like, no, that's we like that name. We like that name. Yeah. And so I was like, huh. So then I was like, well, maybe I'll just start becoming like an some type of advocate. I, didn't, I, I really didn't have pure direction. Right. And this industry is so new it's hard to even have pure direction mm -hmm. when you're not trying to be a farmer or a dispensary when you, when it's more right. broad, it's very tough. And so, um, so I started, you know, doing a lot of hustling and what I mean by that is like doing marketing and sales for different companies just to get my name out, just to show who and what I can do. Mm -hmm. Um, that I still have drive and power. Um, work and just because i can't see doesn't mean that like 
you can't help some company do something. You know, there's always a possibility. Right. Yep. Um, so, and, and what what exactly does Cannablind, have you refined it at all as to so what, what you do? Or I've done a little bit of refining, and which is nice. So I started repping smaller companies out there, uh, more of the mom and pa's. And I did research, and um, I, I got a lot of um, actually good knowledge out there by just calling different companies. And um, a lot of them were just the smaller mom and pa's just to get real true information. Yeah. And then I started repping these companies, and they, they liked what I was trying to do because being educated in this industry is probably the number one thing that needs to happen, mm-hmm. and it's the last thing that's happening. Right. So um, I felt that it was a need for me to actually start educating and um, sort of try to, you know, my whole thing was like, let's educate and try to break the stigma. Yeah. Because not everyone is, you know, there's this horrible paint stereotype in people's head. Like everyone's a hippie. You're not motivated. You can't do this. Right. You're uneducated. Like there's this, it's a list. Right. And I wanted that to go away because there's professionals that do can you know they're on cannabis that smoke weed or well, whatever right and, and and there's so there's so many different avenues for i mean just the plant itself, itself. there's so many yeah from from medicinal side to actually using it for fibers for clothing or whatever you want to you know plastics and all that stuff right so it it's very broad what it can be used for um so i wanted to really help break that stigma and I'm not your typical stoner. Um, one of my friends up here who's a farmer uh, of cannabis has a very big setup. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like I'm growing out of my closet. He has an actually like he has six rooms with 300 plants in each room. It's a very professional setup. Yeah. And he's just like, wow, you don't smoke all the time. And I was like, I don't. I know when to smoke and when not to smoke. Right. And I think that's a key thing to the whole stigma factor. I mean, I know personally I can't work like I should or function um, 100% like it's like. Oh, dude, if I smoke and I need to like email people or do something, I I, I can't do it. Like The story will have its own tangent of (laughs) Man, I I get like hardcore ADD. Like I start going, doing 10 different things and can't finish anything like the smallest stuff just seems like so so complicated that's me personally some people uh i think it was maybe it was wiz khalifa i saw a post like he says he works high all the time yeah but, you know i don't that's di- different strokes different folks yep, some people yep, yep. some people function better on it i've seen it um but yeah i'm in the same boat where yeah. it's like, uh, I, I, if i need to focus marijuana doesn't necessarily I haven't found any that, that really helps me with that piece. No, right? I, so, I agree. Yeah. It's really hard to really sit down and just, because you, when you're doing something, um, any, well, at least for me, I really want to zone in on it and it won't allow me to zone in a hundred percent. So yeah, right. you're right. Right. Um, yeah. So I guess what I was really moved by was just kind of the, the background story of, you know, everything leading up to, you know, where you're at currently right now and, and moving forward. But, um, you know, you, you had told me that, um, you know, you had a girlfriend at the time, you had a spot. Now, were you, was, were you in Texas when this happened? So I was in, uh, yeah, it's, um, 
this is a crazy part of this of the story. Um, wow, I've never for people who have felt like they've been shit on. I totally know what you mean. Like I know that feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was in Austin, Texas. I was with uh, so I was with a girl for three years living together. Um, the third year, this one is when it happened. The site uh, with with the pneumonia and everything and the detached retinas. And, um, you know, our two dogs and everything like that, two cats. Right. And, um, the fourth year she just couldn't deal with it anymore. Um, and it was like, that was the last thing on my mind that was ever going to happen. Right. Like it literally, you know, I've talked to some people like, Oh, that, you know, that's not too shocking, but it's really when you're that person, you really don't think that it's going to happen when you, when you're really don't thinking it's going to happen and that happens all of a sudden you're like, Holy crap. So she just didn't like having to deal with my, my loss of sight. Um, right. She helped a lot. Like I'm not selling her short at all. I don't want people to think there's cruel people like that, but sometimes people do a cruel thing um, or say a cruel thing or do some type of small action. Doesn't mean they're completely bad. Right. Um, but you know, how the end of relationship on so when the relationship ended it was due to um her not wanting to look out for me and right the examples were like watching out for a curb that you might trip over right and um making sure that the refrigerator is filled with food and things like that uh, right like yeah <laughs> right i mean at, at least at least she's being honest i would have maybe like lied a little bit just to be yeah, like it's, right? hey, it's not because it's not because you're blind but <laughs> yeah because <laughs> uh, i mean it does put them in a in a you know their own predicament you know i've always thought about that like what if something happened to me like with the people that you really think like you're significant who's gonna stand up right right um you don't know till it happens like the other person might not even know until it happens i mean she stuck around for a while but it just didn't work out um but that 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 was that was one of the parts like damn you know like that's your that's your significant other you got you basically got a family you didn't have kids but you have the the animals and all that and they're like right they're it's it's, this sounds weird and, and people with animals will get when i say this the, the dogs and the cats were really my support group during the healing because I really didn't have family out there. Mm-hmm. It was a brand new move. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't have friends out there, and I, nor did I have literally no blood out there. And so the animals were really my support. I would talk to them, and they would cheer me up and stuff. And um, it was, you know, it was a big part of my life, you right. know. Um, and this sounds funny, too, when I... Uh, I don't know if it sounds funny, but to me, I sort of chuckle when I think about it. But I miss the animals. I miss my, I call them my bromances to the, to my favorite pug. So I miss them the most. Um, I really don't miss her. Uh, and, <laughs> and I don't know, maybe she did do the right way. Maybe she broke things off the right way, like super cool, right? Yeah. Uh, but I really miss my animals a lot. They're my family. They're my kids. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, for how she did it, definitely. There's no easy way, man. There is no easy way. There's just one bandaid. It rips off one way, right? Ah, It rips off one way. So, um, so, so let's, let's rewind it now. So, so you just went through the breakup. I mean, were you, was that a pretty low point? 
in um that in was probably journey? the one of the lowest like i've i've hit low before yeah and you bounce really fast right mm-hmm. i've never hit low and plateaued low <laughs> yeah. like it i was like damn why am i still here right and um it kept on it did that i did have a, so i had I stayed low for a little bit and then I was getting these peaks of upness going up. So um, one peak was during this low time in Austin, um, you know, basically it was like, get out, you need to move and have fun getting back to California. That was basically how it was put to me um, during the breakup. So I was telling one of my high school buddies, like my a very close friend, yeah. Um, about what was going on because we, we talk a lot. Yeah, and he's like, I've never heard you so depressed in my life. Uh-huh. And I'm like, he's like, he's telling me he's like, I'm gonna come out there, and he's like, I'm helping you. He's like, no one's gonna help you. You need, I'm gonna come out there. So um, he flies out, and he uh, gets a U-Haul. He takes care of everything for me. Mm-hmm. Um, he drives me back even to San Francisco. Um, in this horrible youth hall. I mean, you know what I mean? Like it was horrible. Right. And it was a long drive. That was yeah. just miserable. Right. And so even he was doing something that was so great and kind that priceless gift, um, which helped me go up a little bit. But I mean, dreaming that he knew I was low and he's just like, dude, Trevor, he's just like, I don't expect you to feel grateful and happy on this road trip. Yeah. He's just like, I know you're just not, he's just like, I don't even know where you're at, but don't, ex- don't expect me to expect you to be happy. He's like, if you just need me misery this whole trip, feel free to do that. Right. And um, I was just like, wow, people get what I'm going through. Like the people I want needed, they, they got it. Right. You found out uh, in, in one way and on a fucked up way, you found out like, okay, here's who my real circle of people are. Correct. Um, they really stood up. They really yeah. did. Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's awesome. And that's, you know, that, like you said, you were at a very low point. Was, was suicide ever something that, that I was, ran through your mind or, you know, there's, uh, there's black days. Yeah. There were black days. I there can't. was just, uh, you know, I'd be just, there's days where, you know, you talk to yourself. It was like, Oh, I don't think I can make it today. Right. I, I had those talks to myself. Yeah. Um, I wrote a will. Um, it, and I don't think that like marijuana bailed me out of the depression, you know, at all. Um, so it's not like I relied on that, but it was definitely there. I think I had to rely on a lot of things to help me get out of it. Yeah. Um, hell, I mean, I think I wouldn't be normal not to be depressed during these stages of my life. Right. Um, you go through like they say what a moving, divorce, death, uh, work, and something else are the top stresses. And I was like going through almost all of the top stresses at once. Yeah. So I was like, okay, okay, can't get down on yourself because it's this is not normal for anyone to deal with. So um, yeah, right. It's yeah. just not normal, right? right? So I'm just like, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be all sunny and rainbows and pots of gold everywhere. So yeah. um, I just took literally, I went from thinking day to day to step to step. 
Mm-hmm. Um, day to day, step to step. Yeah, it, I had to go back. That I was just like, day to day is not working for me. So right. then it went to literally hour to hour. I'm like, hour to hour is not working for me. And then, and then that's when I was like, I have to slow down everything and just be very thankful and happy mm-hmm. step by step and not worry about like what's going on the next hour. Um, and that's where I was for uh, until I moved back to San Francisco. I was in a hotel for four weeks um, during the whole breakup. Mm-hmm. And um, it just it just sucked. I mean, it was, just, it was horrible. Um, I, I don't want to ever go back there ever again. Huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, oh my God, I've seen hell and I don't want to. Right. Um, it, that was my hell at least. And I just don't want to ever deal with that again. And, um, it just, I, I know people, a lot of people are depressed. Um, and I know it's like, to me, marijuana and depression almost have the same stigma mm-hmm. over it, you know? Right. Um, it's like, don't say anything or you're going to be frowned upon and right. like mm-hmm. all of your, um, anything that you stand for is going to change. It's like, people won't look at you the same anymore. They won't respect you the same. There's going to be a lot of loss going on right. um, when you let that out of the back. And, um, and I think that just needs to be broken because it's really not. I mean, there's so many people that go through it at different degrees at different levels Uh so um i definitely went through that and it was definitely a struggle like uh, you know people are like oh go get counseling and you know things like that and i get that angle but oh yeah i was fighting my vision and it was like i want my vision back no doctor's gonna do that right Mm -hmm. so that's when you just gotta start looking now, that's what I was looking. I was looking for different answers. I was looking for a different sunshine in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cannabis industry, the people there are very, there's a lot more deep people there, not surface. They're a lot more, more true hearted, a lot more. We wear our hearts on our sleeve type of uh, crowd. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's comforting. It can be very comforting in there. There, I've met so many good people in the cannabis industry, um, and you wouldn't know that they were disabled or anything like that because I, I do. I bring, I put it out there. Like my friends, it's like, what do you want to do for your screening? And I was like, I just want people to know what I'm going through. Yeah, and that I made it obvious, but not everyone does that. And so a lot of people have reached out to me privately to tell me what they're going through and their struggles, and it's like, um that's powerful for me mm-hmm. that helps me right. i don't feel alone right right so that's where uh, that whole little that 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 little side of depression a lot of that helps me through all that stuff um it's it's definitely it always comes back down to that support support mm-hmm. really helps so much yeah and you know i think just based off of the stuff you tell me, I mean, you do need to let people know what's going on. If, and if someone doesn't like it, then fuck them. Yeah. You know, cause yeah. you'll, you'll find out who's, I mean, you lose your eyesight. You'll find out who's, who's your friend. Who's oh, not. Like, you'll know. Yeah, you, you will. Know, um, and it was really there for you. Um, and so now you've, now you've you hit the low point. You've had a support system. Is there anywhere where it like, you feel like you have moved away from the depression? Is it still there? Or is it, is it more so like, do you feel like you really turned a corner? Like, some some sort of 
you know, change I, has come or what? I, I mean, I'll be honest. The depression still comes and goes not mm-hmm. as strong. Right. Um, and there is no medicine I'm on or anything like that. I just let myself do the battling. Um, I try to find things in my own life. Uh, if it's through what I've done or family to give me strength through it. Right. Yeah. Um, that's how I do it. I know other, everyone has their own way, right? Different, like you said, different strokes for different folks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely have a lot more brighter notes. Yeah. Um, when you do let people know when, um, I always thought being vulnerable was like the weakest thing ever. Right. And it's actually the most powerful thing ever. Yeah. And, um, and you know, the people that don't get being vulnerable and being honest well, those are the people you don't want around <laughs> at all, right? right? Don't even think, don't even be like, well, they're like, let's say you're a young guy, you're like, but they're cool and you want them to like you. It's just like, that's not the reason. That is not the reason right there at all. Right. So um, if you're trying for that crowd, then you need to go go pay for your likes and followers mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Right. But it's like um, to have that true, that true that true connection mm-hmm. and happiness and all that definitely comes from, um, I, I feel at least for myself to be vulnerable and that helps me out. Mm-hmm. Um, just, to, yeah, just be honest. To be completely honest. And it brings, it brings even strangers out. You know, I get some random right messages just uh, of encouragement that, yeah. um, it's weird. Cause it seems like it always comes when I need it. Yeah. So it's like, and you think there's a piece of it, um, you know, we have talked about this too, is like, you know, I, I look at my life as well. Certainly I've never, uh, like most people certainly haven't had a certain tragedy like you've had. Um, we've all had some sort of tragedy. We've all had some sort of uh, tragedy, big or small, happen to us in our lives. Um, we all have to get over things. Um, and as I think Trevor and I were just talking about before the recording stopped, um, gratitude is that big centerpiece. Um, I was telling Trevor, um, again, I don't know necessarily what age it was that I started doing this, but I was very young. Um, I remember seeing like the hurricane Katrina stuff on the news, you know, people's homes just floating, people floating in the water and like, damn, life is not that bad. Like (laughs) you could be like, you, you could be those guys. Um, um, but just, being grateful for things and you don't necessarily need a tragedy to happen to be grateful. You don't need Thanksgiving to be thankful. Like, uh, those, those kind of holidays, they're good, but they bother me in a way. Cause I'm like, I don't know. I don't see it that way. I'm not a big, like, let's do this on this one day. Like, no, you should always be thankful. Like I'm not a big Christmas or birthday person. I'm like, give people gifts. Cause you want to get someone to give, not cause you're obligated or, yeah. you know, anything uh, like that. That's just me. That's how I am. It, frustrates a lot of people yeah um i don't care it is what it is but uh the gratitude piece is you know and you definitely you know in your situation okay your eyesight's gone you're gonna have to find some gratitude to to hold on to the perspective Um, is way different right right um and so what are what are some of the things you know you have your support you have your friends you have the people who message you every so often on instagram um the support kind of comes and it feels like you need it too. Um, what are some of the things that are that like 
you remind yourself or if you do that you're grateful for or is there anything that you kind of do on a daily basis to that keeps you going um, with what you're doing that that there are people out there that love me yep um <clears throat> that I must say gets me through the day um just knowing that I could it, I don't have a lot of a lot of that so yeah. it's not like oh I can call 100 people it's like it, even if you just have three people that you can call whenever you want and they will pick up the phone and talk to you even if it's at 4 a.m. in the morning that is just priceless and that helps me so much mm-hmm. um, I couldn't I couldn't replace that I really honestly um, I couldn't ask for it because if I didn't have that I, I, that is, so those are my angels that fight the demons of that I have mm-hmm. um, without those angels I would definitely be in hell right you know it'd, be, I mean? it'd be it'd be it'd be tough then then we'd be like okay well what now what are you what are you grateful for now right, right? um and, and then you're really alone you really feel mm-hmm. alone. yeah um and and if it's like you know it's this is about you can come as a soldier but you need an army mm-hmm. you really do yep um a soldier can do damage but an army it can conquer yep and that's what um for me at least i needed that and yeah um, I had the friends, strangers, um, come up and stand with me. And that's just, I, it's nice because, uh, I complained a lot before this, um, about humanity, about how we are broken, uh, for the most part as society, how we look at things. And, um, I always have this feeling inside that, it was almost like the higher power was like, we are going to let you see some good stuff, but we have to take something from you. And, um, but to see this great stuff, we're going to have to take something very special from you. And that's literally how it feels because now I see things not gray. I see things black and white now. And I see real people. I see fake people. I see beauty. I see ugly. And it's a cut wrote just straight line there is no gray at all it's like i know and i know and that is a very special mm-hmm. gift and i think that's something i was asking for yeah um, i wanted to see more beauty in people yeah and i was just not getting that before i lost my sight and now i get that mm-hmm. and um it sounds weird and that's one thing where you mentioned like um how there's some things i i i've obtained that I can't give back mm-hmm. or, or I don't want to give back. And that's one thing I, I would never give me whatever car, whatever, like the, it won't replace that. Right. It won't. Yeah. And it makes sense why, you know, you have these famous musicians or Hollywood stars or just, you know, what not all these millionaires um, killing themselves. It makes complete sense. Um, it a lot has to do with that, and without that, I'm just I would just be lost again. Mm-hmm. It's amazing what's um, it's this amazing part. Yeah. Know? Well, and there's you know there's something to be said about and are you saying that with like um, like Hollywood people making millions like they just 
surrounded by fakeness no, all the time? Or? No, uh, I mean, like, it doesn't matter if you have money or not. Okay. Um, it doesn't mean if you're famous or not. It That depression is going to be there. Um, or you need to have that fulfillment of the people that you need around you, mm -hmm. that trueness. Um, it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, you know, it's, you need that. And without that, you will, if you're going to suffer. Right. It. Right. It's the Maslow's hierarchy kind of thing. Yes. The needs, yes. you know, the need to be loved. Yeah. Receive love. Um, yeah, I definitely would not be where I am without the love and support of, you know, some of my closest people for sure. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, being able to lean on that is awesome. Um, so definitely, uh, advice would be to, you know, find, find some good friends. Find it some is good friends. find good friends and, you know, good friends. They, um, they really want to stand up and try to really help you. They really do. True friends. They are like. They'll go out of the way. I've seen some crazy stuff. They just, they will go out of their way. I'll get a text going, hey, I was thinking about you when I saw this. Does this work for you? And I'll get those random texts. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, whoa, you're thinking about me right now? Yeah. And it just, that, uh, I'm just very blessed to have that. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm very blessed to have that. It's, I can't buy that. Mm -hmm. No one can buy that. Awesome. Um, okay. Well, we'll wrap, we'll end up wrapping this uh, podcast up again. What I wanted the the message of, of this conversation to be was, you know, you know, Trevor, Trevor deals with the, you know, a daily basis with people contacting him about some of their struggles and they can, you know, share stories and talk about how they've gotten through that kind of stuff. Um, but continuing to share that, that positivity, um, because it, it does seem like there's so much, you know, negativity going on. Like, you know, people are more attracted to the negative side of things. Like, I don't necessarily think you want people to feel bad for you that you're blind. I don't want pity. I want right. zero it, pity. Pity fucking sucks. sucks. Like, pity feels like crap. Uh, and then if if you're around people that like are addicted to pity, it's like I can't do it. No, yeah. Like like some people really like to be sad, and it's just really hard. Like it's it's not it's not for me. Like it's pity parties or uh, you know, um, you don't want that. We we need more positivity. We mean need more you know coming together. You know it's okay to you know, and I'm I'm very much like that. Like I don't give people much pity. I've, I've been shit on for it before. Like. But I'm also like, okay, well, I mean, what are we going to do from here? Like, yeah. all right, well, your vision's gone with what next? Like, that is what it is. It is what it is. But you, um, you got to get to the next level and you got to find your next little, it's your second life. Yeah. Right? Right. Everyone has another life. No one has the same life throughout their whole life. Right. Right. So um, everyone goes through their battles. Yep. Um, there's different ones for everyone. Everyone handles them all differently. Yeah. Um, but you just have to always just wake up ready to fight. You always have to be um, offensive and defensive at the same time. Mm -hmm. And um, just never give up. You just, you have to believe in yourself. Once you stop believing in yourself, you're done. Yeah. If you're putting your, if you're putting your control in other people, the government. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I know you've had your, uh, you've had your, your battles with the, with the government. Now, is that with, is that the federal government or is it with the state government? So it's state and federal. Okay. Um, 
So re so the disability um, doesn't work like how you would think like, hey, let's make this the easiest thing for the government to deal with and for people to deal with, but they yeah. don't do that. Um, so there's a lot of red tape. There's a lot of just politics involved. It feels like there's, it's like, it almost makes you feel like they're going to drag you out as long as they can and wait for you to give up. They're just going to make it so hard that you're just going to give up on your disability. Right now, what is it that you would need? Like, do you believe that your condition that you have qualifies as like a disability that, you know, like if you're reading the rules on it, like what qualifies? Because I do insurance. Oh, so okay. there's always like, okay. you, know, you know, sometimes you'd be like, oh, you're missing this piece right here. And that's why yeah. it's not happening. Um, So they're not telling me really that. Okay. They don't give you that. So the letter I got on my first, um, my letter on my, I guess my first, not my first application, because now I'm in the appeal process. My yeah. first application for it was, came back saying, uh, you, you're not blind and you can work. And I was just like, and literally it's not short. It's very short to the point and cold, right? It's like a computer wrote it, a robo person. And I was like, what? And my dad was reading this to me over the phone. Um, cause I was out of state and I was like, that is just, unbelievable. and he's just like, I can't believe this government. You would think that if a hospital, you're, eye doctor who's you know one of the top in california mm -hmm. and then your medical insurance pays for it all what's going on with right. disability i mean and it's medical insurance pays for it all you know they're the probably the most stubbornest right? right and so you'd think that there would be like a little when you get released that there would be the nurse or administration standing there just like clicking disability on next yeah. to your name right right like you're in a wheelchair. You won't be able to walk clicked on like things like, but they don't make it easy like that. So it's, uh, I'm still fighting on it. I'm on my second appeal. Yeah. I get people DM me or messaging me, private messaging me saying what they've gone through. So keep your head up. Don't let it, let them get to you. Um, this paraplegic told me he's going on five years now battling Yeah, and he's in a wheelchair and he's not getting in. I was like, that just, Right. It doesn't make sense. Um, one of my counselors that helps me, he's a quadriplegic and they denied him his first time. Yeah. And I was like, how is that even like, right. So, okay. So you, you, based off of that, we know that it's, it's going to be an uphill battle. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I'm definitely advocating for you. Like, but I love that sort of a little bit. Like I know it sucks, yeah. but it's just a little bit more fire for me. Right. I work like that. That's how my body works. When I get yeah. irritated, that's just fire for me. Sure. Then I'm just going to push harder now. Good. Because I know the money's there. We yeah. we do it. We give so much money away for things that we don't need to do as a government where we could be helping our disabled people. I know we have that money there for right. us. Right. And um, I mean, there's people out there who shouldn't even be on disability. Right. Mm -hmm. And we all know that. So yeah. um, it'd just be nice for us obvious people yeah, right. <laughs> they get it right yeah right so absolutely and it's another lesson though is like same thing of you know you finding out who your friends were uh <laughs> government not really giving too much of a shit you know like yeah. uh you can't rely on these certain things like now to hold them accountable but at the same time like 
there is no real life. If they're not going to help you out, I mean, what's what's next, right? And, so yeah, and that's where the can of blind guy came in. Yep. So, um, you know, I've had companies. I'm in a little sticky situation with disability and wanting to work. So if you want to work, um, the government only is going to allow you so many hours, or they're going to start pulling away disability from you. Um, and it's not like you're making a lot of money. It's like they're going to give you twelve hundred a month, and then let's say you make a thousand a month, so mm -hmm. twelve point two. Well, they don't want that, um, but you might be retained to only make eight hundred a month. So then they're going to start pulling that extra two hundred out of disability mm -hmm. right. because they're like you're making too much because they yeah. think eighteen hundred dollars is worth living off of, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, especially in the Bay Area. Especially in the Bay Area, yeah. <laughs> they don't take that into consideration. So if you live in you know, podunk or you live in a big metro city they don't care right it's all the same to them um so it's just it's it's crazy on that level for sure mm -hmm. um but you know i just use that as just in the beginning i was very frustrated but then i just started laughing yeah. like you just hear it and you just laugh because it's such a joke yeah um you know you especially when you meet these these see i don't or i see someone in a wheelchair i feel worse for them yeah. than I do from, you know, from mm -hmm. I'm just like, damn, they can't walk. And right. they have to rely on a wheelchair. Like to me, that's way worse. Right. And then for the government to say no to them, that this is mind blowing. Right. I'm just like, how? Mm. Yeah. So, but then you have like places like Starbucks, um, which isn't a bad thing what I'm about to say, but they'll make a um, hearing impaired facility for the deaf, which is great. They need to for every everyone needs to, but that tells you that they even know that there's a problem and that things should be taken care of. Yeah, and and yet still our government is just like move mm -hmm. slow as can be. Yeah, yeah, you know, and you you talk about and you could either pay your you could be it, it, there's a lot of people in philanthropy that you know like if you like listen to Tony Robbins or you think of like a Starbucks right like people who have money to give back. Uh, you rather pay that in taxes to the government or would you rather like start your own charity Correct. and like, you know, and there's ways that you can protect your money so that it doesn't go to taxes and that you could, you know, funnel it towards some sort of nonprofit. Totally. So I agree. Um, I agree. Yeah. Government, I would do not rely on them for anything. And I would never, would never do it. No, you know, no, like no. they, yeah, they do what they do, but yeah, they're not, they're not moving. To, if you ever been to the DMV, they're not moving too exactly, fast. You know, exactly. Exactly. They're it's, not getting paid on performance there. Exactly. Right? <laughs> you know, and some of it might not even be, you know, necessarily like personal towards like anybody, right? Like you got denied on this, just shit sitting there for three weeks and then, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. try again, you know, yeah, like, yeah. and it just moves slow. Like that's just like with laws, like it's with cannabis, like, I'm pretty sure most people are on board with it. It's just taking forever to like get all the paperwork I, going. I think you know? you're completely right on that. I think the majority is on board and it's just. And the ones who don't fuck off, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, it's there. There. I think it's an older generation. It, it is. Board. It is. It's, it's the older, like, have you ever smoked before? You know, yeah. I tried one time. Yeah. Got paranoid. Was, okay. Well, yeah. Do it a few more times. You know, you'll be. <laughs> exactly. Put down the booze and and, and smoke. Right. You know? Put down the cigarette pack and uh, try this over here. Right. It'll it it the change is coming. It's gonna happen. It's just so slow moving. Like 
you know, it should happen overnight, but that's just how that's how government works too. Yeah. Slow movers. It is. Everything about them is slow moving. Yeah. Um, but not to get off on a tangent, um, <laughs> Trevor, I really appreciate you um coming on the podcast. No, I appreciate um, you having me. Thank you very much. Oh man, it was my it pleasure. was nice of you just reaching out and like yeah, offering all that I was like you know that that's power for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. When I need some energies charged and my batteries charged, yeah, um, I can think about this. Right. And it doesn't need to be actually occurring at the present time. Like it's a memory now. Yeah. So now it just will always be with me. Correct. So it, I, it's powerful. I love it. So I appreciate it. I, you know, all those little acts that people do, uh, try to give me a smile. It, it's definitely really appreciated. It definitely does help. Absolutely. Um, positivity, optimism, keep moving forward, guys. It's not as bad as you might think. Yeah. Um, all right. Thank you so much, Trevor. And, uh, thank you guys for listening.